everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or they've never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me as always is Jesse. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. And today we are going to be talking about One Tree Hill Season 2, Episode 4, titled You Can't Always Get What You Want, which is a song by the Rolling Stones. A very famous song, I might add. Wouldn't it be funny if I'm like, I don't know it, never heard of it. I mean, I wouldn't (laughs) Who is this? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so... Shall we just dive right in? Oh, yes. the literally, show does. Literally. The show sure does. We just dive into the first first scene we get is Brooke sleeping peacefully in her room. And then we hear a big splash. And she's woken up by the splash. And she looks out and sees someone is in her pool. Who could that be? She lives by herself. Remember, she has no parents to speak of. She has an entire mansion to herself. So she goes out to investigate and finds... A very attractive, very naked, and very non-English speaking guy in her pool. Oh. And they, <laughs> oh, they really just like right this is how I imagine the writer's room is. They're they're sitting around talking. They're like, so we really want to start this episode out with some casual racism. Just like some very light like casual racism and then they kept writing it and there was some asshole in the back like go harder go harder and, and the that's asshole how this, was one, but yep. anyway and, yep. and that's how this opening this is that's how this uh this opens yeah yeah because He's only speaking to her in Spanish. She doesn't understand the Spanish. It is being very rude, which I mean, in her defense, it's some stranger who's swimming naked in her pool. That she's also assuming is the pool boy. Right? Yeah. She's also assuming that the Spanish boy in her pool is the help. Yep. Yeah. That classic professional translator trick of just talking louder because that's everyone know what you're saying. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know, maybe I was seeing things, but I'm pretty sure when he got out of the pool, when he was reaching for that, uh, that towel, like, there's some... Yeah, that that editing was a... Blurring happening. That editing was almost HBO Max editing. Yep. Uh Uh There's that office quote that's like, I didn't see where it ended, but I saw where it started. And that's... Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. Just yep. some gossamer blur over the, yep. like, yeah. the, the root of it. <laughs> anyway. Jesus. Anyway, then we go over to Haley and Nathan. And Haley is singing in the kitchen and trying to write a new song in her head. Um, not a very and, good song. I'm no, not a very good song. Because it ends up with her like thinking about killing Nathan, which is weird, but it's fine. <laughs> it's very it's funny, like, though. It is. It's very great. It's very great. And he's like, are you trying to write a song or are you trying to kill me? She's like, maybe both. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And she tells him that she actually found uh, a car that they could actually buy. It's $500 and she found it online. So if he could check it out, that'd be great. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. I can do that. And then we go to the Deb and Dan Scott household. And Deb tries desperately to get uh, Dan to go out for a walk. And he kind of is having none of it. He's kind of just sitting there on the TV uh, talking about garden gnomes. 
which was just weird. It's the most relatable Dan's been this entire fucking <laughs> show. Yeah, Watching TV sparse. talking about garden I'm gonna gnomes. gnomes. I'm going to buy some garden gnomes. Garden's right. looking a little sparse. Yeah, Dan, go for it. If this yeah. is what you're going to put your energy on these days, I am here Have for at it. it. Have at it, buddy. We're good. Yeah. Then we get to Peyton, who comes to the cafe to talk to Karen. And she kind of asks her awkwardly if it's weird that they stay in touch, even though Karen and Larry aren't really dating anymore or doing anything. And Karen's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Were and so they Peyton, ever dating? No, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But then Peyton asks Karen for advice. She has an idea because you can't find you can't see any good live music in this town without a fake ID. So what she wants to do is to get an all ages club night going at some one of the one of the local clubs. Um, so bands can do that and play to kids of all ages. So, you know, the kids don't have to go and use fake IDs and all that stuff. And Karen thinks it's a great idea. And she tells her, you know, it just takes one yes for it to work. Great. Then Nathan's at work with Keith and, um, he actually asks his uncle Keith with help, um, in checking out that car that Haley found. Cause Nathan knows nothing about cars there we go. and Keith goes, well, don't, don't spread that around that you don't know anything about cars, right. but not before he thanks Keith for the job and says, I want you to treat me like any other employee whose last name is not Scott. But it's, I know nothing about cars, but I know nothing about cars. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. If I thanks, were Keith, Keith. I would have made the, jo- the crack of, well, in that case you fired. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. right. Yeah. So then we go back to the cafe and as Lucas is leaving the morning from the morning to go to school, um, Deb calls Lucas Nathan because Lucas was about to forget his backpack. And she was like, Oh, it, sorry. It, it's habit. It's habit. And then Karen's also leaving, um, for her first school. day of school. She's got her college classes. They start today. And Deb laments to Karen while she's packing up that Dan isn't doing his rehab. And he's just kind of lounging around the house and watching TV. Lucas overhears this while he's getting his history book from the kitchen. And we immediately then cut to Lucas going over to Dan's place and convinces him to go for a walk. And once again, we are met with the timeline question here, Uh because what college is Karen going to that first day of school is in the middle of the fucking spring? Well, here's what I'm going to say. I don't think it is the middle of the spring. I think it's like they're wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Well, I know it's true. North Carolina, that's, but it still gets cold. That's true. It's Who not. Knows? If it, the, it, the ones that happen would not in a be TV wearing. Show. Brooke and Peyton would not be skinny dipping off the that's side true. of her daddy's if yacht in January. February. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's it's March. You're right. It's You're right. At least March, if not April, which yeah. is post spring break in college world. Yeah. That's almost the end of the semester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's a oh. summer class. Who kn- I don't know. But they're still the in school. Where, <laughs> the class where it's on a made-up TV show and we shouldn't think about it. Uh, remember, remember how you told us last episode that we shouldn't think too hard about the timeline? Exactly! <laughs> Brody was the one that said that, though. Not me. I thought it was you. No, it was no, Brody. I was the one who said and I said, that. I'm oh, sorry, mind. I can't get past this continuity error. Oh, no, no. Never mind. As you were. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> So anyway, Lucas and Dan are going for their walk and they kind of actually relate to each other about the fact 
that they both worry about not being able to come back to their full potential. Um, because Lucas admits to him that he's like, I think about the fact that I might not be able to play basketball the same way I did before ever again. And Lucas lets it slip to Dan that Nathan is working at the dealership. And Dan immediately cuts off their little walk. Dan, we know and love. And Uh, tells Lucas to go to school, leave him the hell alone. Go away, bye. He's pissed. Yep, he's He's pissed. Mad as fuck. Yep, 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 yep. Then we get one of my favorite scenes this episode. I say that tons of times, but it's true. Um, Karen is at her first class in college, and this really cute younger guy sits down next to her and starts asking questions about who the professor is. Yeah, he's Australian. He's cute. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he starts flirting with her a little bit and asking and telling her, you know, that he's heard that this professor's a hard ass and that he, you know, shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. All that fun stuff. And then he gets up and turns out he's actually her professor. Professor, not really professor, but Andy Hargrove. And he starts talking about stuff and they have a really fun first lesson where he talks about greed and he says is greed necessary for business? And Karen says, no, it's not. And does this whole thing about if you price things fairly, have a good quality product, you can have a really successful business. And all the young kids, of course, look at her like she's got 12 heads and that she doesn't know what she's talking about. And because he asks, he says, does anyone agree with Karen? And nobody raises their hand. And he's like, well, you're wrong because she's right. Well, that and, sounds and- just a classroom of like chicken shit 18 year olds, though. That right? that was the professor started the lesson saying you need this to be successful. Someone mm-hmm. says no. He's like, who agrees with her? They're like, oh, no, we can't. Right? Professor says we need that. We can't agree with the. Yeah. Well, what but he does at the end that, of that after that. It's a bunch of chicken shit 18 year olds in front of a hot professor. Yeah. Who is arguably at his oldest 25. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd say he's older than that. No, he's late twenty because he says when he's 21, he made his first million. Uh-huh. And then he goes on to talk about how he keeps making money. And then when he hit 50 million, he stopped. This man is not any older than. Maybe 20, I would say 20, I would say 27, 28 yeah. is what I would say. There's a solid age difference between him and Karen. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, but I, I mean, would say that the same age actor is playing both this guy and her son. So, yeah, I would be willing to bet that <laughs> I, I think... and Andy Hargrove, the actors, are the same age. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're just going to find that out right now because I'm dying to know. Hang we're on. We're taking a Google break, Google break, Google break. We're taking a Google break. Here we go. He's just because he's very young. Yeah. And but most importantly, he's hot and Australian. Yeah. So none of those kids were gonna correct him. Nope. <laughs> nope. Someone look up Chad Michael Murray's age. He's 41, I think. Okay, great. Really? He's in his early 40s. God, is he already 40? That makes me sad. Why sad? Because it means that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 81. Yeah, he's 39. He'll be 40. He's 39. He's 39. Yeah, okay. he's 39. So, Ugh, okay, so so Kieran Hutchinson was born in 1974, which okay, makes yeah. him oh, right. seven, seven years, years older. Yeah. Older. So he's, yeah. So at the time of the show in 2004, he was 30. 
he was playing like a late 20 year somewhere between a 25 to 27 year old yeah i would say late 20s yeah chad michael murray's a leo he's a i think there we go august no if it's late august it's august 24 he might be a virgo at that point yeah he's an early virgo god damn it virgo yeah (laughs) that'd be a fun bonus episode the signs of all these characters i would love that can anyway, that? yes, why not? <laughs> what else are we going to do? Anyway, so yeah, so he ends the lesson. But I will say my favorite part is that he ends the lesson with everything and he gives her the most obvious cheeky wink I've ever seen in my life. Like he flirts hardcore with her and he's it's into it. hilarious. He's so into it. He's so into it. Yeah. Then we get to school and I take it back. These are my favorite scenes of this episode <laughs> because Lucas almost just run over by someone in a sports car who takes Brooks, who cuts Brooke off and takes her parking spot. Turns out that the naked, attractive, non-English speaking pool boy is actually a new kid at school who actually speaks English. And And was fully playing into the fact that he knew Brooke was going to act like a racist. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But he's totally into it. But he's totally into it. And Lucas Esker, he's, she's, he's like, do you know this guy? And Brooke goes, no, I've just seen him naked and drives off. Yeah. The best Brooke answer ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Turns out he's her new next door neighbor. His name is Felix and he's awful. The worst. Brooke hates him so much. So, so do we. Because we all hate him. The only person who doesn't hate Felix is sweet, sweet mouth. Right. So because mouth interrupts Brooke and Felix's interaction. And somehow Felix convinces mouth to show him around. And it's because Minkus like sensed his woman was in danger or was irritated. Right. He was like like, to the rescue. Everything okay, Brooke? You good? You good? (laughs) Yeah. So he's showing him around and then he introduces him to Peyton and Haley. And Felix immediately starts flirting with Haley. And Haley's like, dude, I'm married. And he's like, who's the daddy? And Nathan shows up and he's like, a little close, aren't you? <laughs> I love it so much. God. The banter. The banter uh. is so good. And they all go their separate ways. But my favorite thing is Peyton and Mouth look at each other. And before they go their separate ways, they literally both go, well, this should be interesting. And walk <laughs> off. And it's so good. It's so good. And then we get a scene where it's after school and they're at the river court and mouth and mouth is explaining to Lucas and Fergie who Felix is. And Nathan shows up and is like, yeah, he got a little close to Haley there. I don't like the guy. (laughs) Just. Just, Yeah. It it would be gross if it was coming from any of the other guys. Like, I think it would be gross and territorial. But this, like, new Nathan Scott, this, like, sweetie, uh, plays video games with the stripper and sends her home, Nathan Scott, is, like, it's just endearing. Yeah, but he's still very, like, protective of his wife and loves her so much. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but we kind of get a, an explanation from Mouth about Felix about how they've moved around a lot. His parents are doctors without borders. They're setting up a clinic here in, in Tree Hill, and that's why they're here now. And then we get a little side conversation between Lucas and Nathan. And um, Lucas, in full brother disclosure, tells him that he's helping Dan with his rehab. And Nathan asks him if he's sure he wants to do that, given everything he knows about Dan. And 
Lucas explains that he's worried he might regret it someday if he didn't give Dan at least a chance. I I wish got to listen to Nathan. Like I yeah. I don't know. I like that Nathan's giving him enough rope to, you know, yeah. do whatever he's going to do. I hope he has a come to Jesus moment with him before shit gets bad yeah. though. Because immediately the next scene is literally Dan demanding that Keith fire Nathan because, you know, if, if Nathan has a good paying job like this, he's never going to divorce Haley. The grossest. The and gross. Keith refuses. Keith refuses. Keith is like, nope, nope. nope. If you, you I am in charge right now until you get better. And until I am no longer in charge, I'm keeping Nathan on. And if you want to fire Nathan, you have to look him in the eye and do it yourself. Yep. Uncle Daddy Keith to the rescue, as always. Right. Like, uh, right. Then we get another scene with Felix and Mouth and Felix is it's the next day at school and he's trying to help Mouth with his quote unquote game. And Ugh. It, it's something. Then Lucas shows up and Felix starts mouthing to him about being the new top dog and he doesn't need to feel intimidated. It's just how things are now, dude. And Peyton and Brooke walk by and Felix flirts with Brooke and asks her if she's still mad. And Brooke gives him a look that could, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> Not just that, but he goes still mad. And she says, still here. Uh-huh. And walks Perfect. away. And walks valid, away. Valid question. Right. I, ha- I have a question. Okay. About this Felix. Okay. Character. You have, you've been teasing me with like new characters are going to come and they're going to be uh-huh. regulars. A, he's not one of them, right? Oh, no. This is not a question we can answer at this moment nope. in time. Uh-huh. Nope. Nope. We're just going to say the word we always say, which is interesting. interesting. <laughs> Does season three and four get scary and stressful because he gets tortured? A lot <laughs> on screen. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. You never know. I'm not going to not say those aren't ever plot points ever, but this is One Tree Hill. Anything can happen. There's only One Tree Hill. There's only one. There's tree only hill. one. Anything hill. can happen, as Ellie yeah. Golding would say. Oh, God. So, no, but my favorite thing then is after the girls walk away, Felix makes a crack about what's the deal between Lucas and Brooke. Or was it Peyton? No, tell me it was both of them at the same time. And Lucas looks at Mouth like he's going to kill him. And and Mouth goes, it wasn't me, dude. I swear. He's just got like some psychic powers. (laughs) And Felix goes, no, it's the fact I've been to eight schools in 10 years. I know how to read people. Yeah. Which I just, I love the whole interaction between the three of them was so good of like Felix seeing through all of Lucas's crap. Lucas like, Mouth, did you tell him? Mouth going, no, it wasn't me. And Felix going, no, I just know how to read all of you. I I can tell you that one of the regulars, one of the characters who becomes a regular is Mouth. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mouth, I, think, I don't remember if it's this season or, ne- or next season that Mouth officially gets promoted to series regular. I think it's next season. He's still next yeah, season. I think it's next season. Yeah. He's definitely like around. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot more mouth. We get a lot more mouth the Good. this season. Good. And then he's yeah, series regular from then from then on. Which is he's great. been around more in these first four episodes than he was in the first four episodes of season one. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm already here for it. I love him. Yeah. So then we get to Haley coming home and Nathan surprising her with a brand new keyboard. 
piano and he tells her the car was not a good car. So he just decided to take the $500 that they had saved up to buy the car to buy her a keyboard instead. Nope. And she gets really sad and she starts crying and she tells me has to take it back. And then they argue about the money, about spending the money. And it's kind of sad. You're like, no, I don't want them to fight. But they do. It, it was a good fight, though. Like, that is yeah. something to fight about if a married yeah. couple is going to fight, you know? Yeah. like money money, and, yeah, getting a car they, so they can actually drive themselves around is important. Right. They literally saved $500 together. And yeah. then he went and spent it on whatever without her permission. Like, yeah. that's a big thing. That yeah. sucks. Like, yeah. I know he had good intentions, but that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go to Haley lamenting about the whole situation to Brooke and Peyton while they are shopping for an outfit for Peyton's business meeting with this band manager about the all ages club night idea. And Brooke, Brooke is not participating in the shopping fund because she tells them, well, my dad hasn't put the money in my account yet. That's why my account was overdrafted. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. And the conversation then turns to Felix. And Peyton thinks he's cute. And, uh, and says, and he's got a really big thing for Haley for some reason. And <laughs> Haley and Peyton both inform Brooke after Brooke is starting to bash him that it's like, Brooke, the reason you don't like him is because he's you in pants. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. No, they're not wrong no, at all. They're absolutely is, not wrong. No, it's a fact. Felix and I is Peyton. It, the he is hot, but then he opens his mouth and you're like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I know so many guys like that where it's like they're they're super hot until they start speaking and you're like, yep. never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Ew, David. Ew. <laughs> so then the next scene is um, Andy and Karen at a coffee shop. I don't know if they got coffee together after class or if they just ran into each other, but it seems whatever. like they right. ran into each other. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they ran into each other. And Andy tells her, you know, after he made his 50 million, he quit it all because he wasn't happy with his job making millions and millions of dollars. And the teaching is a challenge for him. And that's what he wanted in life was a challenge. And Karen tells him, you know, she's always wanted to expand on her business like he did with his, but it's never been the right time. And Andy tells her it's never the right time to do it. Hmm. Then we cut to Peyton's meeting with this band manager and he pretty much tells her he doesn't see the value in Peyton's proposal of an all ages club night because he's not going to play some prom for kids and do all the stuff like that. And he's just not interested. Sorry, not going to do it. Two of his I band members. people in the music industry like this. I know. I know honestly, people like I will like, give ugh. the writers of this show credit because there are so many managers that are like that. And I'm just like, like they they hit that spot on like nail on the fucking head like yeah. I was like oh this is yeah. awful like she, as someone who has been like spoken down to by a man in the music industry like the way that this guy is treating Peyton up I was triggered I was like oh no <laughs> yep yeah and then she he's actually impressed though by her whenever she settles an argument between two of the guys in his band about stuff and. He's pleasantly surprised by the, her knowledge of things. Great. <laughs> then we cut back to Lucas. Um, he comes over to Dan's house at Dan's request. 
And Dan has the new Mustang in from the dealership because he always drives all of the new cars to let his, you know. It also wasn't a Mustang. Wasn't it? It was Crossfire. Oh, was it? Okay. Oops. Yeah. Which I only know that because Dan runs a Ford dealership and I don't think. Mustang's Mustang's a Ford. Ford. No, I know, but I don't think a Crossfire is. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Who knows? Whatever it was, it was a nice, shiny, fancy sports car. And he always drives them um, when they get them new at the dealership so he can tell the customers, you know, how they ride. And unfortunately, the doctor's orders are he can't drive the car. So, you know, with Lucas and Lucas is like, no. Uh, yeah, you know, the 17 year old teenager, of course, he's going to want to drive the sports car. Great. Uh, it's a Chrysler. A Crossfire is a Chrysler. Oh, great. Is what I just learned on the internet. So, yeah. So then the next scene is back to Peyton and that manager. And he's explained to Peyton that, you know, to be a good manager for the, these bands and do all this kind of business, you need to cater to the band's every need, you know, food, all this kind of stuff, including drugs. And he pops open a little tin and starts doing up some lines of cocaine. And yeah, no, first he offers her a beer and she says, no, thank you. And then he pulls out the cocaine and kind of tells her, like, this is your one shot here, kid, to impress me. Do it. Do the cocaine. The worst. And she just kind of looks at him with a blank stare. And then they faded to black. I was nervous. Yep. I was scared. Yep. Then we cut to Peyton coming over to Brooke's house. And Brooke admits to her finally that she's broke. The writing's on the wall. Like, we all kind of figured this was happening with the fact that the credit cards were all declined and the bank, the ATM ate her bank card. Her dad's company apparently went under and they are bankrupt and they may need to sell the house. And Peyton reassures her that there's so much more to her than being rich. But Brooke tells her, but I really liked that part of me. I really <laughs> liked it. I'm good at it. I'm, I'm really good, good at being rich. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe her parents were just like starting to tighten the purse strings a little bit. I didn't, I didn't think it was anything as catastrophic as this. Oh, I just yeah. thought like, oh, maybe we shouldn't fund all of our daughters strip club adventures. No, they don't give two shits enough to talk about that. It's just, I don't know yet. Yeah. So um, to assume that they didn't look at the credit card bill and go, Oh, strip club, strip club adventures. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was Mr. Davis. Right. Right. Cause you exactly. know, he probably was like, yeah, that was me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, then Brooke asks Peyton how the meeting went and Peyton just tells her it, it didn't work out. So we can assume then that Peyton did not take the cocaine. Good job, Peyton. Good. Good choices, Peyton. Proud right? of you. Yes. So then we go to Lucas and Dan driving the sports car and they come up to Felix or Felix comes up to them in his own little sports car and he eggs Lucas on to race. You know, he said, I'll race you for your girlfriend. Who? Which one? Brooke? Yeah, we'll race for Brooke. Ugh. And Dan kind of eggs Lucas on and convinces Lucas, you know, are you going to let that punk talk to you that way? Come on. 
Show, show them how this goes. My my old T-Bird from the 80s when I was listening to Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And White take, Snake. And White Snake. And yeah. Aerosmith, whom yes. was called Metal, and I cringed. Right? I'm like, okay, out of one of those bands, there's only about one of those that's really metal, and that'd be yeah. Metallica. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. stop bonding. Stop it. No. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Thank you. Ah, ah. Oh. Yeah. So they start racing. They race each other. And <laughs> it ends with Felix trying to play a game of chicken with him with a semi. And Lucas, Lucas backs off like he should, like the you know smart boy should. You know what else I was screaming through this whole scene? What? One of you just had a heart attack. The other one was just in a serious car accident. Maybe take it easy. You know? <laughs> like... What is I mean, happening? You're not wrong. Yeah, you're no, not wrong. This scene stresses me out every time I watch oh. it, and I've seen it before. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, yeah, it ends with this weird game of chicken, and then it also ends with Lucas not knowing what to call Dan when Felix Felix asks who's riding shotgun with him, and Lucas is like, it's it's uh my um uh, I um uh, yeah. Yeah, it must be weird to have a new person. Everyone in Tree Hill knows right? all the, all the right? stories. He has no it idea what any weird. of this this history is. Like right. that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go to uh, Karen at home, and Deb comes over to drop off some new menu designs that Karen put up. And Karen shows Deb the idea for an expansion at the cafe with a bar. And Deb tells her, okay, I'll be your first investor. I'll do that. We can do that. Great. Coolio. Then, yeah. Then we go back to Brooke, who is back at the lingerie store, eyeing the same bra that she was eyeing at the shopping trip, and she really wants it. So she ends up putting it in her purse and trying to shoplift and quite quickly gets caught. But thankfully, Felix comes to her rescue and covers for her and ends up paying for the bra as she runs out. She just runs off. Also, bold of her to try and shoplift from a store where they apparently know her so well that That they'll give her the store. They let her come in after hours. Yeah. Yeah. What? Right. What did she think was going to happen? Like, she wasn't thinking. Poor thing. Oh. She's, she doesn't know how to be poor, Jesse. She doesn't know how to be poor. I do like that Phoenix called her Winona as she walked away. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that made like, me hey, Winona, come back. Right? And, and then she gave this, like, over-the-shoulder wave over the back. And that's yeah. another part in our HBO Max reboot Where she's that she's going to flip him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. what that was. That's absolutely. what it was for the CW. But, yeah, no, he confronts Brooke about the shoplifting after he pays for it. And... She asks him if he could please just keep it a secret between them. Um, He tells her she just has to trust him with that. And she's like, I don't know you well enough to trust you. And he says, you will. And yeah, then calls her Winona as she's walking away and she waves at him, which I'm pretty sure just means she was going to flip him the bird, but they can't flip people the bird on television. Absolutely. There is a cut. There is an outtake where she did. And I would like to see that still. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So then we go back to Lucas and Dan and they get back to the house and Dan offers Lucas the car as a gift. And Lucas is having none of it. Good. 
He's <laughs> not impressed. And he tells him, you know, you can't just buy me. And I was really actually enjoying today until you just did that and walks off. Yeah. Good for Lucas. Good for Lucas. Absolutely. Then speaking of that same car, a little while later, Nathan comes from the dealership to collect the said car. And Dan confronts him and is like, you weren't even going to say hi. And he was like, no, no, (laughs) no. And they have a really fun, awkward conversation where Dan goes, you know, Nathan, I had a heart attack. I could have died. And Nathan says, we know that's never going to happen, Dad. You can't jerk anybody's chain if you die. (laughs) Uh, Yep. And he drives off. It's like how I knew he wasn't going to die because the show doesn't love me enough to kill Dan off. (laughs) Right. Right. And Deb comes out. Also knows that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Deb comes out and, and um, Dan asks, he's like, Nathan, no, let's talk. How's your wife? And Nathan goes happier than yours and drives off. (laughs) 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 Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Then what I love even more, though, is this next scene where it's Keith and Nathan at the dealership at the end of the day. And Keith decides to show Nathan a few things about cars. And Nathan's like, this is really cool. And Keith asks him how the keyboard went over. And Nathan tells him it went over like a lead balloon. It did not work. Haley Haley wants me to take it back because we really need a car. And then Keith offers Nathan this junker that he's got that he was really going to sell for parts. But he's like, no, instead, if you want, we can work on it together and we can fix it up together and you can have this car. I love it. Nathan Nathan describes car problems like I do. Keith's like giving him a legitimate lesson and and he's like, and that means it'll make that it'll like not turn over or whatever. And Nathan's like, oh, it makes the burr, 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 burr noise. And I'm like, yeah, I know that one. Like That's exactly right. right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. So then Nathan comes home after work and he apologizes to Haley and she apologizes to him and Nathan insists that Haley keep the keyboard because he loves her music and thinks she can do really great things with it. And he also tells her about the car that Keith and he are going to work on. And she loves that idea. And so they're good again. And I love it. Haley, Haley probably knows Keith better than Nathan does. Yes. If you're thinking about it, because. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Because he was always at the coffee shop with Lucas and she was yeah. always at the coffee shop with Lucas. And yep. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, she knows Keith very well. Yeah. So, yeah. Then we get a really weird scene between Deb and Dan that I don't get. Um, Deb is talking to Dan that Nathan didn't even want to see me today. And Dan asks her if he chased the wrong things in his life. You know, success, money, all that stuff. And if he lost his family in the process. And he asks her if it's too late, if he's already lost them. And Deb tells him that she doesn't know. And then yeah. he kisses her on the forehead and walks away. I'm like, I don't. Okay, great. Whatever. The show needs to stop trying to make me like Dan Scott. It's not. It needs to stop it. Stop trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> stop trying to make Dan Scott happen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. He's not sympathetic. Yeah. Stop it. So then we get to our favorite montage moment of the week. And first one is Peyton sketching in a room, a very detailed picture of the manager offering her the cocaine, the exact camera angle that, that, yep. that we went to commercial on when yep. he offered the coke to her. Yep, exactly. But then she gets a call and it's Karen 
and she wants her to come meet her at this place. And it turns out it's the same warehouse space that um, Lucas used for Nathan and Haley's wedding reception. And apparently she wants to turn it into a club. And she asked Peyton if she would help run her all ages night at that club. They already built the set. Why not? Right. (laughs) Right. Then we get a scene of Dan watching TV really pensively. And then it flips over to Lucas, who is looking at a Guns N' Roses CD cover, you know, and, you know, he's thinking about his conversation with Dan about Guns N' Roses and Whitesnake and Metallica (laughs) and Aerosmith and all of those bands. Yeah. Then Uh... Andy shows up at the cafe and tells Karen he will give her a thousand dollars for a good cup of coffee. So the question here is who got overcharged for a cup of coffee more, this Andy guy or Cheryl Crow? Right, 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 exactly, exactly. Then the last scene is... Absolutely, it was Cheryl Crow. Yeah, (laughs) It was absolutely Absolutely. Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Then the last scene is Brooke swimming naked in Felix's pool. And she gets out and he hands her a towel and she tells him that he's right. Her pool is better to swim in than his. And the episode ends. Mm. Mm. So what did we think? Uh, bag. I hate him. I hate him I a love lot. Felix. I love him so much. He's well, so bad. I to get another villain him. besides Dan. Because up to this point, we haven't really had a villain within the teenagers. That's true. Because we haven't had, like, like Nathan was never really the villain. Like, no. even when he and Lucas weren't getting along, he was still not a bad, like, I mean, he was. An no, I mean, I will say Nathan was a villain for, like, the first four or five episodes. And then he stopped being the villain. Yeah. But yeah. this is, a, like, a true villain who, like, you can tell because he's not a main character. Like, there's going to be no redemption arc for this man. Like. No. No. Hmm. no. So I, yeah. I like, and I also like that it's throwing like a monkey wrench into this dynamic. Why I love it. That they so spent much. building for all of season one of yeah. these, you know, five or six characters. And now there's this new guy who's like, I'm here to fuck shit up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love it. Bring it on. Yeah. I'm so here for it. And I just, I, I will say, I like him as a character. Because I know what kind of character he is, and I love those kind of characters. He's unapologetically an asshole, and it's great to watch. Because you know he's just going to mess with everybody, and it's going to be great. Case in point, I literally, when I was watching it, Hulu automatically went to the next episode, and I realized what the next episode is. I cannot wait for the next episode. Is it already what I think it is? Yeah. Oh my god, I thought that was later in season two. No, because... Well, I'll just say the I'll just say it's Dare Night is the episode and it's a whole thing. And I'm so excited for it. Dare Night. Yes. Yes. Because, Caitlin, it also introduces somebody else. Yeah. I just thought that it happened later in season two. Oh, it happens like now. And I'm great. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I know I love this episode. Just like from the beginning with like I love the bookends of the naked pool swimming. It cracks me up. Anyway, uh, Jesse, what yeah. did you think of the episode? Okay. Don't hate me for this. I found this particular episode kind of boring. 
I I took okay, I usually take at least two pages of notes. This is uh-huh. all of the notes I took for this whole episode. Yeah. I only took notes about Haley and Nathan's fight, about that car, the chicken scene, and about how much I hated Felix. That's literally all I wrote about. Well, because this episode literally is just an introduction to Felix. Yeah, like, it's just it, which just shows that it's like he's an important character going forward, and right. we figure this out now because he's devoted an entire episode. Like he's already had more screen time than Junk and Fergie put together. Right. Which justice for yeah. Junk and Fergie? I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember who Junk is. Junk's the white, the white guy, guy from the River Court. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's not Mouth or Lucas? Got it. Uh, yeah. Or no, it was. Pro. It was fine. Yeah. You know, it, they. It's. You know, j- they're setting up Dan to be the they're same old, same old. Like you can tell, they're setting up ideas to go through the rest of the season, and yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, this is the kind of episode that is just one to like get through. You know, like. Yeah. So it's nothing special. It was fine. Yeah. I, I don't I was like, like I just like it because of the banter. Like the banter they have oh. is so good. Yeah. So so good. Like A give me that in every episode and I'm sold immediately. Yeah. A plus. But yeah. So anyway, do we have anything else we want to add about this episode? We do not. Coolio. Wrap it. Well, anyway, that's (laughs) going to do it for us, guys. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast five stars. It really does help us out. Follow us on social media at On Wednesdays Pod. We're everywhere on there. And yeah, we will see you guys next week for another episode of On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. Bye. Bye. Bye.